Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Jules McKenzie. Thanks for being on the show, Jules. Hey, Whitney. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate your time and sharing your expertise with me and the listeners. Jules has been investing in residential real estate in the Aurelia and Barrie areas in central eastern Canada for over 17 years. His strategy has been buying and holding. He's currently holding 20 investment properties. His portfolio is a mix of single-family condominiums, townhomes, and small multifamily buildings. He's raised the money to buy his properties from joint ventures investors, manages his own properties with his beautiful wife, Angie. He's also a police officer with the Roma Police Service. He has policing experience of 29 years. And thank you again, Jules, for your service and being a police officer. And today, Jules will share his knowledge and experience from investing in the Aurelia area and how he acquired his portfolio with investors. So, Jules, thanks again for your time. Give the listeners a little more about just who you are and what your focus is right now, and let's dive in. Okay, I'm still uh, Jules McKenzie. I work professionally as a police officer, have for 29 years, as mentioned. For the last 17 years, my beautiful wife, Angie, and I have been investing in uh, real estate as a means to supplement retirement income when we do retire so we can maintain our awesome lifestyle here in Aurelia. However, it's really turned out to be much more than that. We get to travel. We get to do cool things. We were down in Sarasota, Florida this past winter. That was a real nice break from our blustery, freezing cold winter up here. I like to go to Vegas a couple times. I like to go to Phoenix, Arizona and explore the desert outside the Grand Canyon, that kind of stuff. And investing in real estate has really enabled us to do those kinds of things and travel and have fun. Nice. So one thing I find neat is that you've been investing in real estate all this time, but while also working full time. And I know a lot of that resonates probably with a lot of the listeners as well. And I know when I was a police officer, that was really when I was pushed to find something else because the lack of income from where I was working at the time. But so that's what pushed me into real estate. But as far as working full time and doing real estate as well, can you just tell us a little bit about why you decided to do that? And then how you've managed that as well. Maybe how that's changed over the years of how you manage really two jobs. So one of the reasons that we got into managing our own properties was because of lack of services in the areas. There just wasn't uh, good property management available. With my background as a uh, police officer, as we're required to study legislation, understand how to enforce laws And certainly as a landlord, you have to be able to enforce leases, enforce laws when the tenants don't pay. And I just found that my ability to be a really good self-manager of my properties was well serving. And my shift schedule prior to the new schedule on now was two day shifts, two night shifts, and constantly off for four. So we're constantly working a 48-hour work week with four days off, which enabled me to do cool things like invest in real estate and manage my properties. Nice. So you had a good schedule that allowed for time to be spent doing something else and not working maybe so many long, really long days while trying to do two jobs in the same day. You're still doing two different jobs, but you know, how has that changed maybe over the years as far as how you've learned to manage your, your real estate business while also keeping your day job? Technology has really helped us to do things 
in a more systematic approach. For example, we don't have to go to doors anymore and collect rent with cash and issue a receipt. We collect rents by e-transfer. We can communicate with our tenants through text message. A lot of my service providers, plumbers, electricians, handymen, they also text. So if there's an issue, I can receive a complaint about a maintenance issue at one of my properties. I can simply copy and paste and send it to my maintenance guy with the address and the tenant's contact information and get that shored up and looked after uh, rather quickly. My beautiful wife does all the record keeping on uh, QuickBooks, which is an automated computer system, and she fires that off by email to our accountant so we can have proper record keeping and reporting to the government because we still got to pay our income tax up here. Great. So yeah, so you found some like our technological ways that that have assisted in making those it easier, right? To manage these systems and manage your tenants and ways to communicate with them, collecting rents, that's pretty important. But how did you get started working with investors? And when was that? How soon in your real estate career were you working with investors? I was talking earlier before we started about uh, American icons that I've studied and read. One of the things that happened to me relatively early in my career, well, I wouldn't say relatively early, probably around year 10, I was with the OPP. We transferred to Aurelia. I was working in Rama. And I came home from shift one day and my wife was entertaining some guests and there was a guy drawing circles on a whiteboard. And that was my introduction to the Amway business. While we didn't make any money in that business, I did actually read the books, go to the seminars, listen to the cassette tapes back then, and uh, started studying and learning. And that changed my life dramatically. While we didn't make money in that business and my wife pulled me back out of it, I saw a late night TV infomercial for a real estate investing course. That just resonated with me, the ability to buy income producing properties, start generating wealth. When I joined, I made several mistakes. I was trying to employ techniques that were not really applicable to our Aurelia and Barry markets. And I got myself into some financial trouble. We had multiple income properties that were in need of renovation. They had vacant units. I had no visible means of paying the debt on those. And we had a huge line of credit, credit card debt to pay in a real tough way. A mentor that I had been working with said, you need to come to Toronto for a seminar. Raymond Aaron, an author, a Canadian author, was hosting a wealth building seminar. And that's where I met Don Campbell. And at that time, it was around 2003, I remember going to the seminar, my wife saying, don't sign anything, don't buy anything, don't do anything unless you check with me first. I'm not going to that crazy seminar. She thought I was crazy for going. I went there and I listened to Don Campbell. He started talking about the top 10 towns to invest in. Top 10 towns based on true positive economic fundamentals, population growth, job growth, transportation improvements, those kind of things. And when he went through the list, he was talking about areas in the greater Toronto area. He was talking about Hamilton, which is outside of Toronto. He was talking about Whitby, Oshawa. He was talking about Kitchener Water. And I thought, well, at least I know where I should have been investing. In my mind, I was going to quit because I was broke and I had properties in disrepair. And then he talked about absolute number one area to invest in residential real estate, according to Ontario Top 10 Towns. And that was the Barry Aurelia Corridor, which I just lost it. I jumped up and down and I was screaming and I was hooping and hollering in the back. And uh, Don Campbell from the stage looked down and he says, well, if you want to learn about those areas, I suspect it's that maniac jumping around in the back there. He's probably from those areas. And it was not an immediate quick fix. We did have to endure some financial pain and suffering. And once we got through that, then uh, we started learning about Canadian techniques or rather techniques specific to our real estate market up here. And through that, that's when I started finding the deals that would appreciate finding the deals that cash flow positive, 
finding the deals and employing proper strategies to purchase, renovate, refinance, employing that burst strategy, and then attracting investors, taking my knowledge and expertise and experience and bringing that to my RAIN meeting. Up here, we have the Real Estate Investment, Real Estate Investment Network, which is a national organization, which is all things real estate investing. And I've been a part of that network. It's once a month, I go down and meet with like-minded investors. I bring deals and there's some months that I do really well. There's some months that I strike out, but that's kind of how I started building my investment career. I think I probably, that was a long-winded answer to a relatively short question. No, it's good. Yeah, you got in trouble. You talked about you first started out, you got in trouble, but then you, you found really your mentor, right? Didn't you tell me that he had become a mentor and he liked the area that you were already in? right? Did you say that you had, you were investing and you got in trouble, but was it because of some of the areas you were investing in as well? I think it was just not being a relatively new investor and not fully understanding the strategies that you need to employ. In real estate investing, you need a strong plan. Mm -hmm. If you're going to buy into something that's rough and run down, which is what some of these uh, initial courses I took were uh, teaching us to do, then you need to employ a really good sound strategy to renovate and refinance that property or sell that property. So what was it that changed? So what what did you do different when you finally got a handle on this and went forward then? What was different about your plan? I started looking at investing from the macro instead of the micro. So I started looking at the general area in terms of, uh, I was already fortunate to be in the Aurelia and Barrie area, which was economically the number one area to invest in residential real estate. So we started looking at the macro, the whole geographic area. Then we started breaking it down to smaller neighborhoods, areas that were in transition from a bad area to a good area. I was fortunate that some of my problem properties were actually in transition areas. So that's what changed. We started being taking a more sophisticated, systematic look and approach to analyzing our deals prior to getting in. Yeah, I think I'd ask you that. Like, How soon did you start working with investors? In this career of real estate, how soon did you start to really say, okay, you know, we need investors to partner with us? So as I did mention that it was 2003, I think we did our first joint venture in the fall of 2003 after joining the Rain Group in August of 2003. And it was a very simple deal. It was just a single family townhouse that I purchased with an investor. I probably gave more concessions in that deal than any other deal I've ever done. I think he invested with his home equity line of credit. And I gave him an opportunity to receive interest payments from the cash flow on this particular townhouse. But that proved to me that that strategy would work. So the investor puts up all the money for down payment closing costs. I put up the deal. I put up my time and energy to look after the deal, close it, manage it after and collect the subsequent rents and deal with the maintenance issues and issue financial statements. And the thing worked. So one's good, maybe 10 or 12 are better. I remember putting the word out to my trusted realtors in our area, and I had a realtor call me on a Monday morning and say, Jules, I don't know if this is a deal for you, but I have an investor from BC that owns 38 townhouses in Aurelia, and he wants to sell them off in a bulk sale. Are you interested? And I said, absolutely, I'm interested. At the time, I was still recovering from my financial circumstances, so I put the offer in. It was $107,000 a door. For 38 townhouses, I went to the rain meeting that uh, following week and I started selling. I started selling and pitching my deal to investors and I raised a little over a million dollars to purchase that deal. I couldn't qualify mortgages at the time. I went to my real estate appraiser and I borrowed 5,000 for a deposit check on the offer 
And I even remember him writing a promissory note for 12% interest. And that was the best 12% interest I ever paid on any deal. And we closed that deal, I believe it was the May of 2005. And, you know, we sold them off ones and twos at a time. But that deal was by far my cornerstone deal that has uh, propelled our wealth growth. Wow. So you found this deal and then it was like, okay, we got to make it happen. I mean, it sounds like you just had the mindset of, yep, we'll get it done. I'm going to make this work. Yeah. I just want to reiterate my ability to attract investors and pitch my deal, I believe was directly related to the sales training that I received for my short time that I was in the Amway business, learning about sales, learning about relating to people and overcoming my awkward introvert self because, you know, like us police officers are generally, if we're not working, we're pretty introverted. We don't want to talk to people. So I had to learn how to love people again and show them how I could help them get what they want out of the real estate investing gig. Yeah. You learn how to talk to people when you're a police officer. However, it's different conversations, isn't it? (laughs) It's not generally pleasant. You don't see people at their best. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So tell us about pitching that deal or maybe how you do it now or give us some tips from what you learned so we can pitch our deals. So when I approach a deal, I want to see if the thing will work financially first. So I make sure that there's positive cash flow. I analyze the deal in terms of taking a look at it to make sure that there's no serious maintenance issues. You can do that after a while just by eyeballing a deal. And when I approach an investor, I like to do it generally person to person handshake to handshake, kneecap to kneecap. I want to meet with somebody. I want to talk to them. So when I do that, I will say, you know, that some of the best deals that you can find are in transitioning areas in uh, neighborhoods in Aurelia. And people will be like, yeah, I understand that. I said, well, if you got time, maybe next week we should sit down. We talk about one deal I'm looking at right now. And usually that's the hook. People will say, yeah, I'd be interested in listening to that. And then I'll, we'll end up sitting down and have a conversation I'll develop some relatability. We'll talk about family, occupation, what they like to do for fun. We'll talk about money and then we'll get right to the deal. And if it's a good fit, it works. And if it doesn't work, that's okay too. At least I gained some experience. Maybe I met another great person that I can add to the network and connections. So that's kind of how I do it. I like that. Develop relatability. Yeah. You're building some rapport before you really talking business. That's right. Yeah. Let them get to know you a little bit. That's important. I guess over time, how have you kept up communications with your investors? How do you keep nurturing those relationships now? So that's really investor specific. So I only have a couple of key investors now, but when we were running the 38 townhouses, I did have have to employ a property manager and I had them report to the investors almost on a monthly basis. So that was financial reporting, a summary of what was going on, tenant turnover, maintenance issues, whatever the case may be. But nowadays I have two key investors And they want to stay on because they feel that we get the job done in terms of looking after their investments, reporting on the financial performance. And I'm pretty sure they appreciate getting those checks as well. Jules, from your experience, when you got started, obviously you had a big setback. Then you came back and you've done a lot better. You know, somebody that's getting into the business now, maybe they come to you and you've just got a couple minutes with them, but they say, Jules, you know, I really want to get into real estate. I want to make this work. I'm motivated. You just have a couple minutes with them. What do you tell them to do? I would say just focus on the next deal. Just focus on the one deal that you may have. It may be a duplex. It may be a single family condominium apartment, but just focus on that one deal and learn how the whole thing works from a perspective of renting the property out to a tenant, learn about the bookkeeping aspect of it and learn what to do 
if you're ever in a situation where the tenant doesn't pay because that's what I found most investors have an aversion to. They don't want to invest in real estate because you have to deal with tenants. They don't want to invest with tenant-based investments because they're afraid they're not going to pay. However, you can answer that question if you know how to act and you can act quickly, whether it's serving an eviction notice promptly or negotiating with the tenant to leave on their own, whatever the case may be, learn how to deal with those situations and make sure that you're competent at acting in those situations. What's been the hardest part as far as working with investors? Well, sometimes they have, I don't want to sound trite, but they have fussy requests in the way we prepare financial statements and financial reports. They want uh, certain columns in their reports and they want, want it on certain days of the month, those kind of things. But I remember uh, being at a seminar with George Ross, who is a lawyer from the U.S., was telling him some of the difficulties I was having with my 38 townhouse deal. And he says, you know what? They put up the money. You give them what they want. You just suck it up and get those reports out to them in full and on time. It's important they're taken care of, that's for sure. So what's a way that you've improved your business recently that we could all apply to ours? Well, keep in mind, I've been doing this for about 16, 17 years, and I focus a lot hard on my investing in terms of attracting investors, purchasing properties. And now I've kind of taken my foot off the gas pedal a little. In uh, 2015, I refinanced uh, most of those townhouses and another investor stepped up to the plate. He refinanced a bunch of them and we ended up splitting the joint venture and paying out our subsequent investors. I only have 11 of those townhouses left. And now I kind of went back and focused on my police career. My boss wanted me to focus on things going on at the office a little more. And I have done that. As I get closer to retirement, I'm looking at changing my career into more of a commercial real estate type of approach. And that's either going to be in sales or taking my real estate joint venturing or syndication up to the next level. So I'll have to retrain myself and redo that. I think your question was, how did I simplify things? Just how you've improved your business, something that we can apply to ours. Yeah, I think that employing the technologies that are available certainly helped. And lightening the load in terms of the amount of people that I have to make myself accountable to has really improved. The last two investors that we have, I mean, the one individual was a university student in Toronto, and he went back to Singapore for his career. When I told him that I was selling off investments in 2014, 2015, he uh, took it upon himself to fly back to Canada, meet with me to make sure that we were not selling his. And he wants to continue investing with us. Another individual who's an artist in Toronto, she wanted to make sure that we stick with her. And it's those kind of relationships. Find out which relationships are not as taxing, which relationships work out mutually beneficial and run with those. I think that would be my suggestion. Nice. And what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think reading books, going to seminars, staying engaged with the investing community at uh, networking events, listening to podcasts like yourself. Very informative. Those things help you stay current. I also watch the news quite closely for uh, legislative changes in landlord-tenant laws. I watch for economic changes in our economy. I watch what our government's doing with interest rates. I keep abreast of all those kind of issues because I am a real estate expert and I do have to keep abreast of those things. And in addition to that, share what I know. I share my information on Twitter at Mr. Jules McKenzie. You can find me on Twitter. And I'm sharing those insights constantly, not saying 
not commenting on them, but actually sharing the articles that I find. Nice. And Joel, how do you like to give back? How do I like to give back? There's a game uh, that Robert Kiyosaki came out with, uh, Cashflow. So when things are not so busy with the school, I'll go in, uh, play cash flow with the grade seven and eights in the Rama area and teach what I learned about investing using that cash flow board game. So the teachers will give me either all morning or all afternoon with them. And I tell you, it's, it's really trying to, um, I'm sure you can relate being a police officer in a classroom of kids that are excited about anything and everything. It's a lot of fun, but I like to give back to youth and young people, giving them some ideas about the concepts of investing in businesses, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and real estate. That's some important education for them. I'm glad you're doing that. I know most of our kids don't get anything about investing or even balancing a checkbook in school these days for some reason. But uh, anyway, I'm glad you're doing that, Jules. And tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you or learn more about your business. My Twitter is at Mr. Jules McKenzie. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, McKenzie dot jules spelt m-c-k-e-n-z-i-e dot j-u-l-e-s but on my instagram that's mostly showing off about crossfit and the workouts i do i occasionally will will uh use uh, social media to rent out my apartments as they come up we have a really low vacancy in aurelia right now my website is mckenzie properties dot online you can also just kick me an email out very simply it's uh, jules mckenzie at rogers.com spelled J-U-L-E-S-M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. Yeah, that's how you can get a hold of me. Jules, thank you so much for your time and being on the show and sharing your experience. And I know the listeners have learned from you and I have as well and appreciate you very much. I hope the listeners will reach out to Jules. I hope you'll also go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me. I'd love to talk to you and just hear about your experience in real estate and if I can help you in any way as a listener. And then also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook. Join the group and get active in there. Ask questions and learn from experts just like Jules and then help us grow our business together. And I hope to hear from you soon. I hope you're sharing the show. We will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.